Welcome, everybody, to the Bavada at Odds podcast, where we have our fingers on the pulse of what's hot in sports. I'm Seth Everett. He is the head odds maker at Bavada Sportsbook, a media mogul himself, Patrick Morrow. <laughs> Oh, what, what is this? Patrick Morrow getting pitched. He's doing every radio and television show under the sun. Oh, stop, stop. You? It's, it's like I'm with a rock star here. Okay, go on a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I got to uh, pretend to be a Kentucky Derby expert last week, Seth. That was fantastic. Uh, Before or after the race? Well, I, I was, I'm, well, as soon as the race was over, everything I said uh, turned out to be garbage because I'm not going <laughs> to pretend for a second that I saw that finish happening. I was talking about early pace setters. I was talking about the Baffert horses, relent, or, you know, talking about those no longer sprinters that win this anymore. I, I didn't even know that horse's name until I heard it uh, <laughs> being announced out for the finish line. So, yeah, it, it was a fun week, a uh, tough one for the betters, interesting one for the house, but, uh, uh, it was interesting. It's it's tough because he's probably you know you probably don't have a triple crown winner now, but uh, eh, I don't care. It's to, to me it's always the most the two the two most overrated minutes in sports. But uh, hey, listen for those two minutes, I even I was paying attention. Well, explain one thing. You know the 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 the, the rankings don't come out. The positions don't come out when we recorded last week's podcast. We didn't touch on the Derby last week. How come? Right. Um, that's because all odds were down uh, in anticipation of the post positions uh, where they're going to be in the gate through one, one through 20 for all these different horses. And that's really meaningful when it comes to projecting how, you know, it's not just how good you are, where you start. Uh, if you're all the way on the outside in funny enough in a spot like, uh, you know, the 1920 or the 21 horse, uh, you are incredibly unlikely to win this race. And that was reflected in the fact that Rich Strike, uh, who only joined the field late Friday, uh, had his odds go off at 80 to 1 to win the race. Uh, the biggest upset since uh, 1913. Uh, Franz Ferdinand was still kicking the last time a horse had won the Derby at odds that high. It, so it's as, as a result, we didn't even have odds up until late Tuesday night which is uh, tradition going into big uh, events like this when we don't know the post positions. Okay. And so the only decision we could have done differently is we could have released last week's episode late because it, it happened. It just hadn't happened at that point. Correct. That's right, Seth. And you know me, I would never keep this podcast away from fans one second longer <laughs> than it needs to be. I have too much respect for you all. I understand. Okay, so next week, next time there's the race, the uh, the the, um, the the Belmont and the Preakness, uh, maybe we'll we'll adjust our schedules accordingly. But uh, the bottom line is, uh, we were all over the race. Now, uh, explain for our audience what happens when the eighty to one horse wins. Is that a good thing for the sports book? A bad thing for the sports book? And why? Uh, well, I'd like to say it was a good thing for us at Pavada. We actually did pretty okay with it. I, I got to admit, I was terrified because it, it wasn't a horse that I was, you know, overly familiarizing myself with leading up to the race for a lot of good reasons. Cause he only joined the field on Friday, but uh, sometimes what a horse, but I'm not, like I'm not that. questioning that. What I'm saying is, okay. So there's these cuckoo odds, right? And he's yeah. this unknown guy. Nobody knows if you bet on him, nobody knows. Okay. Yes. The, here's the issue. Do people bet that? 
Uh, with us, not too many. Uh, Rich Strike was a pretty good result for us at Pavada, but talking to other industry friends who uh, perhaps were a little bit longer, or one of the other mistakes they had is uh, leading up to the race, they just had a field option, which is a catch-all uh, for instances like this where a horse may get added at the last minute. So people were betting into this field option right. much earlier at some other shops before they were able to bet on Rich Strike at the true price. So uh, we still felt we offered a fair price. And the fact that we didn't have a massive liability on it does suggest that. Uh, so we were okay, but we did uh, hear of some other books in the industry that were offering a field from earlier on, uh, just getting smashed as a result of that. So a uh, tough break for other books, but uh, I'm certainly not going to lose any sleep over it. Well, the interesting thing, I mean, I saw somebody on social media, um, they were in Las Vegas, so they were at a sports book physically. And the morning of the Derby, they said, oh, there's some guys 80 to one. And I think he put two dollars. on. Mm-hmm. He won 160 bucks. You know, you know what I mean? Like, good, for, good for him. But I can't imagine someone putting one hundred dollars on a 20 on an 80 to one horse. Uh, like, unless you are crazy wealthy. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's something that you might do because you're not betting uh, the ponies every day, and we we do have betters, we do have that kind of uh, race book betting at Bavada. But yeah, someone like me uh, is that person. I, I might bet the Kentucky Derby, and I'll pay attention to the Preakness and Belmont just because work makes them such large events that, as you know, a- anything that I'm on the bookmaking side of that takes a good deal of money, I will pay that extra attention to because if I can uh, find an edge, I'll also be better at handicapping that event. Uh, now. Going uh, looking at that uh, 80 to 1 odds, and one thing I really like to point out to bettors that they may not know compared to uh, how people traditionally bet horse racing is traditional horse racing wagering is uh, the parimutuel pool where you are not betting against the house, your money is pooled, and then your payout odds at the end are kind of unknown until the race starts and all that money has stopped. That's what moves the odds in parimutuel pools. So if you bet Rich Strike at any of the off-track uh, places, and these are the odds that NBC is showing uh, during the lead-up to the race. Those odds are constantly in flux. You don't actually know what odds you're getting on a horse until that pool closes. With Bavada, we can give you that option, but we also give you uh, fixed odds, which means if you liked Rich Strike at 80 to 1 and put your 10 bucks or 100 bucks if you're feeling uh, particu- particularly salacious, um, those 80 to 1 odds are fixed in. They are locked in. They're not moving on you. You're not playing against uh, the, the larger pool. You're just playing against the house of that interest in that instance. So I think that's an important takeaway for people, uh, not just for the Kentucky Derby that's passed, but for the Preakness and Belmont to come, that if you see a horse and like their odds right in that moment, Go bet it. And you can tell your friends this. You don't have to do a Seinfeld situation where you hey, keep it to yourself. Don't tell anyone. His mother was a mutter. No, you and your friends His can all come. Was a you and your friends can all come bang that mother. horse at 10 to 1. And uh, you're all set. That Those are your odds. So it does allow players to uh, kind of hit us from a couple different angles. Personally, I like the, the fixed odds betting that we offer more than the parimutuel system. It's more popular in the UK as well, but that's also, it's kind of like a poker mindset versus a sports betting mindset. Poker, you're playing against the table and the house is, uh, the house is just hosting. That's parimutuel betting when it comes to horses. When it's fixed odds, you're back against the house. I like being against the house. Well, since you went to, to reference Seinfeld, so you referenced the show. Yes. I'm a big fan of Jerry Seinfeld's standup. And mm-hmm. so this story actually happened I was working with Fox Sports Radio and the producer messed up the time of the Kentucky Derby. This was decades ago. This was 15 years ago. And 
I'm booked. And now the Kentucky Derby happens. <laughs> and it's one of those photo finishes. And I don't know anything about the, der- the Derby. And I recall. And so they go to me live. I'm live on Fox Sports Radio. I'm on the phone. I remember I was sitting in my daughter's room. I, my daughter was a baby. And I only had one kid. That's how long this was. Mm. And I just said, do the horses even know it's a race? <laughs> do you think at the end of the race, the horse is going, hey, you got first. I got third. You got fourth. Oh, yeah. Nope. They're thinking oat bag time to get my oat bag now. Oat oh. bag time for me. <laughs> and then yeah. I did. So the hosts start laughing. And I said, look, I'm going to give credit right now. This is not my bit. You know, it's Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. But then I said, you know, one thing I guarantee you, they don't know. The horses don't realize that if they break their legs, we shoot them. Mm-hmm. So if the horses knew that, I think as they would come up the final turn, they would be like, everybody slow down, yeah. slow down. We've all if, run a really good you, race. You win. Y'all place. You show. Yeah. Doesn't matter. What's important is your health. My God. That's well, shit. I think Rich Strike uh, knew he won because he celebrated by trying Start to eat another horse. Other horses yeah, he was, a, he was asserting dominance. He, he bit some guy's <laughs> leg. What the he, hell was that? He knew exactly that he was the alpha that day on the track. Well, in my family, my family, my wife is an equestrian. She competes, mm. you know, in, in horse shows. And my little 10 mm. uh, year old, she's starting to get into it, too. And they love horses. They love horses. Uh, they ride horses five times a week. Uh, they don't race horses. Oh. And that horse racing feels like such an antiquated sport. Equestrian, I get. There's a strategy to that. You have to go through the turn things and jump the things and, and you have to do this all in a certain are you, amount are, of time. Are you, are you suggesting equestrian is less antiquated than horse racing? I think equestrian makes more sense as a sport than horses uh, all right where does dressage uh fare between these two <laughs> i don't know just trying to get the just trying to get the just trying to get the hierarchy of horse related uh <laughs> yes sports rankings. we have to rank we have to rank our horses <laughs> no more debates about baseball football and, and basketball it's just oh. horses horses and more horses we're, we're asking the tough questions here That's baseball right. solved football years solved. ago you didn't have any, you know, you didn't have television. You didn't have radio. You didn't have anything. You had horses. Mm-hmm. Always right. had horses. Yep. And the ones that weren't so fast, uh, they made for good eating. <laughs> Times were tough. <laughs> and we might be going to those times again. So, you know, I think be. that's, I think that's what Rich Strike was showing. He probably, you know, 80 to one horse. They probably didn't have enough money for the good oats for him. He, he was probably hungry after the race. 80 to one horses don't get the Baffert treatment. Oh my God. I can't believe what we've, what we've denigrated this podcast. to. Oh no, we've elevated it. People elevated know this is it. real. Sure. Sure. We, yeah. Sure. We have. Yeah. All right. Uh, meanwhile, the other thing that has to be hot on the sports book is uh, the NBA and the NHL playoffs, correct? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, hot in the sports book, hot on my TV every evening. It's uh, it's the best NHL playoffs. Uh, you know, great well, we're biased. Uh, we're, we're both big hockey fans, but let's do the NBA first. Uh, right. And you have some really decent series. That Celtics Bucks series is going a long way. That's been 
that's been a battle of two really good teams. I've actually found the Celtics and Bucks to be pretty entertaining. Super compelling, really back and forth. Um, you know, uh, Celtics still a bit of a surprise after uh, the way they knocked out the Nets in round one. Everyone really thought that the Nets uh, finally with a healthy team that had been playing together all year, that they were going to be one of the teams these to go all the way alongside the Bucks. And the Celtics have shown that their regular season success uh, by no means a fluke clearly hanging with the bucks right now now it's always difficult to do this podcast because we record and real time is a little bit different but we've had really good back and forth games go down to the wire uh the east has been fantastic but you're right the celtics have absolutely been a surprise uh really really good basketball to watch so far they've been really good uh you know philadelphia has played really well with uh you know trying to navigate Embiid's situation uh dallas phoenix has been incredible out in the west uh just really, really good basketball so far. It's, you know, I don't get to watch as much of the regular season slog because it is a bit of a slog. 82 games often competing against NFL or college football during the week. Well, uh, we've also talked about how, you know, the, the New Orleans Pelicans are 10 games under 500 and they make the playoffs. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, listen. It's, that drives me bananas. It drives you bananas, but, uh, you know, hey, listen, that NBA play-in system is uh, a funky thing that they do, but uh, I appreciate the NBA is always kind of trying to do outside-of-the-box stuff like that. But yeah, no, we're in, we're in the meat of the NBA playoffs now where the teams that deserve to be there are there, and the quality of basketball being played is just at that next level. Uh, NHL, does we don't even have to wait for that, though. As soon as the Stanley Cup playoffs start, Seth, we know it's it's just pure end yeah, the, the first round in the hockey playoffs, is pro- it could be the best round of them all. I mean, it is, it is uh, nail biting uh, overtimes, you know, tight games. I mean, you have your occasional blowouts, but uh, oh my goodness. And outside of Colorado, Nashville, all these series are going at least six games. That's fantastic. And, you know, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due in, in the basketball. Um, the only series that could be over is golden state, um, you know, with, with John Morant's injury. John Morant getting hurt could, you know, could be the end of that series. Otherwise, the other three rounds are are going at least six games as well. Yeah, total shame for Memphis as well. I watched Morant just absolutely take over in game two. And uh, it, it is funny to be at this part of my uh, sports book slash uh, sports fandom career where I'm just I'm seeing all these kids that were really good in college and just seeing them just t- continue to take off and just own parts of the league now. Uh it, it, it is fantastic. Miranda is so good, but such a big loss for Memphis. Uh, Golden State looks like, uh, you know, they've got the consistency. They're playing uh, a little bit more healthy. Uh, tough break for Memphis there, but it, it's been fantastic. I just want to reference one real thing about the NHL quick before I forget, because we did promise to the listeners last week, um, the Colorado Avalanche were minus 750 favorites in that opening series against Nashville. They swept them. No big surprise there at all. But it did have us wondering how long ago was uh, an NHL series price with a higher favorite than that. I had to go all the way back to 2001, Seth. It was the Detroit Red Wings versus the LA Kings in the Western round one. And the Detroit Red Wings were minus 800 favorites 2001. So you have to go back more than 20 years that a team in the NHL was that big of a favorite in an NHL series. So I thought that was pretty cool. And at least I, I, I you know, I gave myself some breathing room saying, I can't think of one inside the last decade. Well, I was technically right, but my gosh, 20 years, uh, considering the parody in the NHL today, that just goes to show how impressive this Colorado avalanche team is on paper and why they still are the favorite to win it all at Pavada. And as far as the hockey stuff is, is concerned, you know, the, the one thing that you have to recognize with regard to uh, these series, I mean, 
seven of the eight first round series go at least six games. Thanks. Just, just sign me up. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic uh, to see exactly what's been going on, but you have your upsets. I mean, New York Rangers are having uh, some trouble there. Uh, the Panthers are struggling with the Capitals. It's been great, just great entertainment. And then there's your Leafs and folks trying to beat the two time champs. And folks, you can't see it, but there was a smile and a tear coming from his eye when he mentioned uh, the Rangers Penn series, uh, how it's currently looking. But uh, yeah, no, I, I like I'm looking at not only to... that, but the Devils broadcasters are all over TNT and PK Subban just signed with ESPN. I'm telling <laughs> you, we're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Like I, I like I look ahead to, you know, the next few nights and you have three games here, four games here. And, I do miss that when it contracts down to the second round and you're just getting a couple NHL games. I, I love it. These, these staggered 7, 7.30, 9.30, 10 o'clock. Uh, not good for my sleep schedule as I'm trying to be an early morning turnaround guy. I'm still a little bit on that UK uh, time clock just ever so slightly. So, But listen, it's I'm tired, but it's a good tired. It's a great tired. There's a, a, a great feeling uh, about it. All right. Um, so there's all the sports. You have uh, the, the hoops, the hockey, uh, baseball's going on. Um, and then, of course, you have the horse racing as well. It's an action-packed time. It's a good time to be a sports fan. It's a great time to be a sports gambler. Ooh, I like that stuff. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Bovada at Odds podcast. Uh, don't forget, you can subscribe through iTunes or Amazon or uh, Spotify or whatever your drug of choice happens to be. The show comes out every Wednesday. Even if there's no horse racing odds, the show comes out on Wednesdays. When are we doing a Patreon, Seth? We have to figure out a way to double dip on this. Now oh. we're going to start doing Patreon, huh? We were, we were supposed to end the podcast before we discussed this, right? All right, yeah, folks, yeah. have a good one. <laughs>to tech you're going to be into tech stream what is it it's a new podcast because that's what the world needs more podcasts i'm seth everett and he is shelly palmer hey seth i am shelly palmer at least last time i looked and the world does need one new tech podcast because there just aren't enough tech podcasts except this really isn't only going to be about tech no, and it's not going to be something that only experts and let's face it, nerds are going to know. And it's also not going to be for dummies. We're not going to tell you how to turn on your location services. As a matter of fact, we're not going to tell you anything. What we are going to do, though, is make you aware of some of the most interesting things that are happening. What's new? What's next? What it might mean? Why you might care? And by the way, how it's going to change your life. It's TechStream with Seth Everett and Shelley Palmer. You can find it on Underdog Podcasts and wherever you get your shows.